Kathy Bibles, go ahead and let's turn to the book of St. John, <coughs> chapter 5. We're going to be starting in uh, verse 17 uh, tonight. Uh, I think we're going to, if we're not careful when you look at this, you kind of miss things. So I hope that you've read this and I hope that you've uh, thought about the uh, scripture and what it, what it says to you. And uh, we're going to be looking closely at what Christ is saying because he's talking to people You'll remember uh, from last week, uh, he had gone to the pool of Bethesda and he had healed this man. And uh, and this man picked up, and it was on the Sabbath day. And of course, naturally, when the Jews saw this man with the, carrying his, his bed, uh, they jumped on him. And uh, and he told them that a man told him to pick up his bed and carry it. And so we find found out that later on, Jesus met this man and told him who he was. And this man went and ratted him out to the to the uh, to the Jewish leaders who were wanting to know who it was that told him to do that and uh, and so it, it ended in verse 16 uh, that uh, the Jews perse- uh, uh, and therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day so we're going to start off here although there seems to be a pause in here there is a confrontation that Jesus is having with these Jewish leaders and these Jewish uh, masters that they want to call themselves, the Pharisees and whoever they were, he's having a conversation with them and, and he begins to explain to them and try to explain to them who he is. And because he, he, he came from them and now he's come to them. And so we're going to be looking at, at the things that Jesus says to them, trying to get them to understand who he is and, uh, and, and so if somebody would, would you read for me verses 17 through 23, please? But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Okay, so right off the bat, they're already mad at him for breaking the law or for asking a man to break the law, giving a man permission to break the law, the law of Moses. And so when he when they're talking to him, he 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 wants them and needs them to understand who he is. This this was tried by the Apostle Paul, Peter, all of those who would later on be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, they they started first in Israel. They thought it was important. They, they still had kind of in their mind that the Lord, that Messiah was coming just for Israel. They hadn't quite grasped the understanding. Paul finally uh, went out into, into the Gentile nations and the cities and began to establish churches because that's where the Lord had sent him to go. But he, even after the Lord sent him to go to the Gentiles and to, and to be persecuted and all these things, he still went to the Jews first. And it was just something in them. They, they wanted their own people to understand. Well, Christ, uh, you know, he's God. And he is the one who called Israel, who set Israel apart, who called them his chosen people. And so Christ is trying to get them and wants them to understand who he is, yet at the same time, he knows that they're the ones that's going to kill him. He knows that. And yet he, he just, he, he still wants people to know who he is. And so he, he's, he, he puts out a lot of effort to explain to these people. And you know, he, he also realizes another thing. Although those people are going to kill him, 
He also realizes that there are going to be people like Nicodemus that wants to hear what he's got to say too. And so I think that he, he understands that he, when he says these things, it's going to infuriate the ones that want to kill him even more. And of course, this has got to happen. But also, he, he, he says these things, and I want you to think about this, because what he's saying here that's recorded in the Word is not only to those people, but it's to us too. Mm -hmm. So what he's telling them is the same things that he wants us to be able to know about who he is. And, and so when he says, my father worketh hitherto, and I work, boy, right now, these people are fouled out even more than they already were. They're mad. Why? What does that say to them when he says, he says, my father uh, worketh hitherto, and I work? What, so what, what's he saying to them? What do they hear when he says that? Okay, he said, God, my father, First of all, that makes him in their eyes equal to God. And he can see what what God's doing. They can't, but he can. And I'm doing it too. That's what he's saying. And, and I want you to look at, at their response. And, and this is something that, uh, that uh, you know, he, he didn't do this to infuriate them. He did this so they would understand who he is. And they did. he did it so knowing that here today, 2023, we're sitting here reading this. He knew that when, when he said these things. He knew it was going to be recorded. He knew it was going to be written. And he knew that we were going to be studying it even now. And if he tarries his coming, it's going to be studied even more by generations who don't know. Because see, every generation has to be taught because they don't know. And you see what happens when the teaching gets stymied, when it when it abruptly kind of stops that, that people take for granted that everybody should know they don't. Okay, These people of all people should have known and recognized who he was. They were students of the law. They were students of the Old Testament. They were students of Moses. They studied him. And Moses was the first one who proclaimed who Jesus was and how he was going to be and what he was going to be. And so uh, he, this, this kind of uh, infuriated them. And, and look what it says. Uh, Therefore the Jews did what? They sought to kill him more because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but also that God was his father and he made himself an equal with God. Oh, my. They wanted to, it's a wonder they didn't pick up stones and kill him. You know what it kept them from doing it? The, the father didn't allow it. He didn't allow him. His time had not come. And he had a lot to do and a lot to say before it was going to happen. And although they were that infuriated, uh, they, they still didn't try to kill him. They just saw it even, they, they were trying to find a way because he did have a following by now. Okay, he had a following. He was doing miracles and there were a lot of people following him. We're going to see uh, in the next chapter, that there was thousands of them following him, and so already, so they they were they were the typical political people. They were afraid of the public. Okay, losing control. They were afraid of losing control, and they would do whatever it took: lie, cheat, steal, swindle, ambush. It didn't make them whatever it took. To, we still have that going on today. To retain that power, they're willing to do that, but they didn't want to do it openly. Okay, evil's cowardly. Y'all know that, don't you? Evil's cowardly, and, and so rewrite the laws where where they needed to to make it work for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just look at them. What they got now? I mean, what you don't have, they are they got for themselves. And then they make fun of you because you want some of it. Uh -huh. It'll be like Jesus coming in a Baptist church saying, let's all get up and dance. Be yeah. happy. There's a lot of old Baptists fall right out of the pew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep him out the door. <laughs> and that's how they were. They had made these laws and they had, from generation to generation to generation, and here comes somebody saying, y'all got it wrong. And They had done the grievous sin that's happening today they have in their mind what they want him to be. And that's who he's going to have to be if they won't accept him. 
we have to be careful today that we don't try to make God who we want him to be, regardless of what the word says. And, and they, what they did, they picked out what they wanted, and they ignored what they didn't want. But you can't, you can't apply the word of God that way. It, it is what it is, it says what it says, and it means what it says, and, it, and, it, and it, some of it's sweet, some of it's not. Some of it's bitter. So you're going to like some of it, you're going to love some of it, and you're going to just really not want to hear some of it too. You know why? Because it's pointing at us. It points at us. And it, it gets in our mind, it gets in our heart, it gets in our actions, and it tells us what we, what we do that makes us feel better, <laughs> we think, is wrong. And we don't want to hear that. And so he says in verse 19 then, it says uh, he continued to talk to them and he said the son can do nothing of himself but what he saith the father do. Now, you know, he, he, he told them, he said, uh, uh, I can't uh, do nothing for myself. Now later on in John chapter 15, Jesus is going to tell us that we can't do anything without him. So the relationship that he has with the Father, he's trying to show us, because see, he's in the flesh. So he is a man, he's God, but he's a man. He's trying to show us and relate to us that the relationship he has to have with the Father as a man is the same one we're going to have to have with him when he ascends into glory. That, that you can't do anything apart from him. And so he's showing this to them uh, very early. He said, I can't do anything of myself, but what I what but what but what he saith the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these things also the Son does. So he says what I see him doing is the very same things that I'm going to be doing. Christ tells us in, in the Word that whatsoever things he does is what we're supposed to do. Amen? Whatsoever things that he's shown us to do, those are the things that we are to be doing. Okay? And so it, it, gets, it gets kind of really hard for us to, uh, to uh, comprehend all this, but uh, he, he told us later that exact same thing, that, that we can do nothing apart from him. We can't do anything. And, and it, he said he, sh he loves me and he shows me these things. And not only does he show me these things, but he's fixing to show even greater things than this. Now think about that. He's going to show even greater in verse 20. For the Father loved the Son, showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Now, he had just healed a man that had been crippled for 38 years. And he did it by just saying, get up, take up your bed and walk with it. And he healed him that way. Wow. And he said, and you're going to see a lot more than this. You're going to see a lot more than this. You're going to see greater miracles than this. Now, Jesus ain't talking about futuristic down the road, and we have seen greater miracles, but he's telling them, you're fixing to see from me greater miracles than you've already seen. Now, he's trying to get their mind off of, off of the, the Sabbath. He's trying to get their mind off the law. He's trying to get them to concentrate on the miracle that's been performed here. He's trying to get them to see a, a, a man, a normal man, cannot do what just happened here. What you're so angry about. You're, you're so angry about this guy carrying a bed on the Sabbath. You want to kill somebody. And you're completely neglecting what God did for this man. What, that this man was healed. Wow, how often do we get that narrow and short-sighted in our relationship with the Lord? Yeah, we get focused on something that don't make a hill of beans worth of difference. And lose sight of the big picture and what we're here for. Happens all the time, don't we? You can't see the forest for the trees. That's right. You, you get focused on one particular thing that's going on, and it might be a bad thing. Might be a bad thing. But it causes you to lose complete sight of what, what the Lord's doing in the work that He's done in the work He wants us all involved in. Have to be careful about that. And so He says, So you're going to see greater works than these that you may marvel. Listen to me, before this is over with, He's going to raise dead people up. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> 
He's going to do some miracles now. In essence, he just told them, you ain't seen nothing. That's yet. exactly what he's saying. He said, man, you you ticked off about this. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> and you know what? They're going to get mad when he does these things. Uh -huh. yep. and, and so that tells us there's some people that ain't going to see the Lord no matter what you do, no matter how much you try. That's why that we don't have to prove those things. It, it, it comes down to meeting him, hearing him. And we're going to get into that here in a minute. You, you, these people are looking at him. They're, they're this close to him talking to him. They can grab him if they want to. And yet, he ain't nothing to them. It's the same Jesus that did all these miracles that washed their feet. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy that, that it's happening to these people. It's still happening today that way, by the way. And so he says, you're going to see greater things than these. And then that's when he starts talking about dead folks. Now I want you to look at this right here in verse 21. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the man quickeneth. Now look at this. Whom he will. Now I want you to, we need to think about this because you can miss this right here if you ain't careful. Now we do know that he, he raised more than one person from the dead. Remember he stopped the funeral procession one time. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And the boy was already dead. <laughs> uh, he, they carried him. Of course, the Jewish people buried the people that died the same day they died. But they had him in the casket and they had him lifted up above their heads and they had this mourning ceremony with all this wailing and going on. This mama was falling behind his only son. He just stopped the whole thing. Whole thing. I mean, he interrupted the funeral. Can you imagine having a funeral in Hatters and casket there and dead person in there, people up there waiting, and the fellow walk in and say, Hold up! I'm fixing to show y'all something. He ain't dead. See what I can do. <laughs> Man. You lose the ground real quick. That boy, boy, though, that boy was sitting up in the casket. <laughs> he was probably on the ground by this time because those folks carried him probably ran off about that time. And he presented that boy back to the, his mama. Yep. Greater miracles than these, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yep. Can you imagine we, we make this big to do about Lazarus? It was a big to do. Yep. Man, he'd been in the grave four days. Yep. And you know, we, we like to conjure up these out. Well, he hadn't said Lazarus, everybody got up. No, because look at this. <laughs> he quitting who he will. And right now, his will wasn't Lazarus to come out of that grave. It didn't make no difference. He could have just said, come forth, but he didn't. He spoke his name, so they know who he is talking to. Mm -hmm. So we know who he is talking to. Amen? Yeah. Does he still have that power? Absolutely. You better believe he does. <laughs> and he says, he says, not only does the Father quicken the dead and raise the dead, but the Son can do it too, and he can pick and choose who he wants it to be. One of these days, he's going to pick and choose those that are waiting on him. Amen? Yeah. Those that have died in Christ, he's going to just come through with a shout, and that shout, he ain't going to call everybody's name like he did Lazarus. That shout is going to signify those people who have died in him. In him. They just going to come to that shout. They're going to come to that trumpet. And those that are walking this earth, they're going to go the same way. They're going to hear that shout. They're going to hear that trumpet. And they're leaving right now. Wow. Why? Because he raises who he will. And he promised us that his children, I'm coming back after you. Listen to me. And can't nothing stop it. That's the exciting part to me. And we get in these whole home attitudes where we let the world just crave in on us and dip, man, hey, I'm gonna tell you, uh, there's a lot of us in the last few in the last year or two, our world is just cratered in on top of us. Aren't you glad we ain't of this world anymore? Amen. <laughs> the world crumbling in on us don't change who he is. It don't change his promise to us. It don't change our relationship with him. If it does, there's something wrong. Amen. And sometimes our world crumbles. Why? So we can refocus on who He is. So we can call on Him. 
I notice, uh, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but when things are going south in my world, I call on him. Amen. I start listening and wait, waiting for him to do something too, and he will. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he, he will. He does. Why? Because he quickeneth whom he will. And I like that, Troy. I really like that. Underline that in your Bible so you'll remember that. He quickeneth the son, quickeneth whom he will. For the father, now, then he goes into something that we all better listen to. He even told these people that so they would understand why he's telling them this stuff. He said the father is not going to judge anybody. He has committed all judgment unto the son. And so nobody's going to stand in front of the father to be judged. He's going to stand in front of the son to be judged. Amen. He said he judges no man but hath committed all judgment unto the son that all men should what? Why has he done that? Honor, honor. honor the son. The Father wants all men to honor His Son. That means He wants you to obey Him. He wants you to love Him. He wants you to understand Him. He wants you to follow Him. He wants you to do all the things Christ told us we need to do in the Bible. That's what honoring the, the Son is. That's what God the Father sent Him for. For us to honor Him. And we need to be doing just that. And they said that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son does not honor the Father either. In other words, if you, if you don't, and you know what? You say, well, Christianity is not like that. We, we know there's a Father, Son, Holy Ghost. We honor the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. We honor them as equals. Okay? Not all the world does that. You think of the Jewish religion now, Judaism now. They still don't even know, believe that Christ is the, is the Son of God. They still don't believe that. Look at all the, the Buddhisms and the Hinduisms and all those other isms that's running around. They don't believe in And, and they'll, they'll say, well, we all serve the same God. No, we don't. Amen. No, we don't. <laughs> We serve the, the Father, the God of all glory, the God of creation, the God that spoke things into existence. We, we serve the one that they call Yahweh. But we also serve His Son because of this scripture right here. We honor Him because He's God too. And we learned last Sunday night, you better honor the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. What did we learn last Sunday night? If you blaspheme him, you ain't going to be forgiven here or there. Uh -huh. Jesus said you can blaspheme me, but not him. <laughs> He's the one that's going to get you there. Amen? I'm going to die for you. I'm going to go prepare that place for you. Father's going to tell me when to come back, but He's the one that's going to have you ready when I get there. Amen? Don't you blaspheme him. I'm not putting up with it. And if you do, you ain't going nowhere with me. You're going to go to hell. Wow. That's strong stuff, isn't it? So don't you think it would behoove us to get in these Gospels and to see the Son and the Holy Ghost? It's important that we know who the Holy Ghost is and what He's here for. And how important he is to us if we're going to go with Jesus when he comes. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you ain't going nowhere. Amen. So don't we ever be ashamed to say Holy Ghost. You can say Holy Spirit, same thing. Jesus made that plain. He talked about the Holy Spirit and he added, which is the Holy Ghost. I don't care what the other denominations are saying. I want you to remember that. Just walk around saying, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. And don't be ashamed of it. When it's a conversation that with another person, you mention Holy Ghost, what are you talking about? That's a good indication of you that they're in trouble. Uh -huh. Amen? Amen. We need to preach and teach 
who he is. Because if you ain't got him, you're in trouble. And if you blaspheme him or reject him or deny him or give credit to someone else for what he's done, you're in danger of hellfire. Amen? Okay. All right. So, any questions on this? Okay. Somebody read for me verses 24 through 30, please. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall hear, they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear the voice, hear his voice, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So Jesus introduces something here. He, now this, all of these things he's doing right now are introductions to things he's going to tell them more about later on. Okay? These are all introductions to what he, he, he told them. I'm doing miracles. You see, you ain't seen nothing. You're going to see greater than these. Something that's coming. So he, he tells them about who he is. And if you're going to honor Yahweh, you have to honor me. If you don't honor me, you don't honor him. All right? So he's setting the, the stage to to show them who he is and what it's going to take to get you where he wants you to be. Now, now then, he says something that we all better hear. Mm -hmm. Alright? I'm going to look at it in verse 24. He that heareth my word and believeth on me. Now, hearing is something that he, he talks about over and over and over and over. It's not only in the Gospels, it's in the letters that we need to hear. It's in Revelation, his, his letter from John in Revelation to the seven churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to you. We better hear. We have to learn to hear. And so hearing is so important. Why is hearing so important? It's, it, it, like I said, it's a statement that's repeated over and over and over. So why is it that important? Because we cannot be saved without faith. Amen? By grace you're saved through faith. Amen? What, how do we have faith? By hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing the word of God. So our faith comes from hearing him speak to us in the word. Okay, now, so it's very important that, that, uh, that it comes to us that way. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's found in Romans chapter 10. We are saved by grace through faith, and without faith it is impossible to please God. So all of that that we have to do to please God comes from hearing. It's from hearing. We hear it. Now, does everybody that hear believe it? Because of Hearing it don't don't mean a hill of beans if you don't believe what you hear. It says we have ears but do not hear. That's what he said. You have you have ears but you're not hearing. In other words, you you hearing it but you don't believe it. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know you can go out you you, you can test this. Go find somebody that you feel and you just without a doubt believe they're lost and we don't get judged that way. And you go up to them and start talking to them about Jesus Christ and what they need to do to be saved. And you'll find out real quick. They might hear what you're saying, but you'll find out real quick whether they believe it or not. Because see, hearing has to be coupled with believing. And that's what leads us to our faith, is our faith. That we hear, not only do we hear, but we, we also 
believe. So we, we have to, need to understand that. So uh, uh, we must hear Jesus. We must hear truth because he is truth. And the words that he speaks are true. Amen? And the truth is what sets us free. And so we have, to, we have to put all of this together and then we must believe, we must have faith on him that the Father has sent him as Savior and in their case, as Messiah. You know what? I don't have to know him as Messiah. I get to know him as Messiah. He's the one sent from God. But I get to know him too as Savior. He's introducing himself to them as Messiah because he's not Savior to anyone yet. He hadn't died for them yet. And when he dies, he becomes Savior to the world. That's what he came for. Now, I know that sounds a, a, a little bit corny, but it, it's true. He came to die, and part of the, the part of the way he brought salvation to, to us was to die for our sins. And he had to be perfect. He had to be sinless. He, that's why he was the Lamb of God. He was the perfected Lamb of God without sin, without spot, without blemish, who had to die for my sin and yours. That, that's what he came for. And we, we all have to understand that. And so, and, and I want you to look what we get from this. Look at verse, uh, again in verse 24. He said, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, what do you get for that? Yes. Everlasting life. Now now notice this. You have to hear it and you have to believe it. Now believing it is where a lot of people hang up. Well, yeah, I, I believe what he says. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> believing it's just not saying, okay, I, I believe that's right. How do we show we believe it? We, we obey it. We live it. Okay? Obedience to the Word of God is the proof that we believe what we've heard of God. That's why Jesus said, He that believeth as the Scripture has said. You believe as the Scripture has said. So you believe what you heard, Scripture, but, but as the Scripture tells you, you now do things because you believe. You, you live differently because you believe. That's what the scripture says. What does the scripture tell us? The old man dead and there's a new man shows up. Mm -hmm. That you no longer do the things that you did before you believed. Okay? So this is all introduction. This is, a, this is, this is introduction of Jesus Christ 101. I'm telling you these things up front and now we're going to expound on these things. And as you grow... That's what it means to grow in grace and knowledge. That's why we have to be patient sometimes with new converts and they mess up and they just keep messing up and you look, what's wrong with them? Same thing that was wrong with me when I first got saved. Same thing that was wrong with you when you first got saved. There's a process to this. It don't happen pat like that. It can, but it didn't in my case. Did, it, did anybody in here when you got saved just immediately just turn good and start doing everything? You know what? You didn't know everything to do, did you? You needed, all you needed at the time was to believe Jesus Christ was your Savior and receive the Holy Spirit from Him. Now starts the fun part. Now starts the part where you get to learn about Him. And when you learn about Him, you have to learn the do's and the don'ts of Jesus Christ. Because you won't fear him without believing. Nope. In the fear. You should nope. be fear. Nope. You should fear God. And a lot of people refuse to believe that anything that bad happens comes from God. Now, does it always? No. But don't you think one minute he'll chastise whom he loves. And he does it for a reason. <laughs> Amen. Choices have consequences. So we will fear him. We, we, fear, we will fear that chastisement if we feel like it comes from Him. How many of you ever, something just went haywire in your life and you thought, and, you, and immediately you thought about something you'd done wrong and say, you know what, I think the Lord's angry with me right now. Am, am I the only one that happens to you? Guy like Garth Brooks, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, know, you just think about your own life. 
And, 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 and someone haywire in your life and you, you, you think, he saw what I did or he heard what I said and he's mad about that and that's why this came on. Have you ever thought that? Something go bad in your life and that'll bring you to your knees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but sometimes when something goes bad, you remember something you did wrong. And you think, is this God chastising me for what I did? That's not wrong to think that, by the way. You better think that. Because he does say he chastises those that he loves. So the chastisement of God in a way is a blessing because he only does it because he loves you so much. And he wants you to do good. The same reason you spank your kids. Amen. And they... Hey, some of them need some spanking too, I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, some of them don't get spanked enough. Because, you know, what, what else the scripture? Not only does he chastise those that he loves, and he expects us to chastise our kids because we love them, but he said that he that spareth the rod hateth the child. Spoileth the child. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. So when the Lord quits chastising, he's going to give a hoot what you do anymore. That's what happens when you're turned over to the reprobate mind. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hmm. That's a lot here. And then he says, not when you believe this and you hear my word and you believe on him that sent me, you have everlasting life and you shall not, I like this, come into condemnation. Does that mean you won't sin anymore? Yeah. No, it don't. But it does mean something. It means you have access to forgiveness for any sin you commit now. Because yep. see, after you've done this, blasphemy of hope will go out the window. Because you, you believed in him. You believed in that. So that's all out the window. So the rest of them are sins that don't lead to death that we talked about last Sunday night. These are fleshly sins that we can't be forgiven for. And a lot of people believe, actually believe that you can sin enough after you get saved to get lost again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> My people believe that. They really do believe that. They believe you can be saved, lost, saved, lost, saved, lost, saved, lost, saved, lost. Wow. You be saved first. Well, you know, it's kind of ironic that Jesus said, if you hear these words and believe in me, I'm going to give you everlasting life. He don't say I'm going to give it, take it away, give it, take it away, give it, take it away, give it. He'll say that. He no way does he say that. He, he just said I'm going to give it to you. That's right. Now, there is evidence that people think or say when they're not. Okay? And they give the rest of us a bad rap. Okay? So we have to we have to look at these things. But, you know, when you, when you look at this scripture right here, well, later on, Paul's going to write something that, that I love to read. We love to study. We love to, to hear this, this scripture uh, that, uh, that he says, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation. Romans 8 and 1. I love that verse. Don't y'all? I love that verse. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, it gets back to the Holy Ghost. The Spirit. It's only possible if you appeal with the Spirit. Because verse 2 of that same chapter says, For the law of the Spirit is what? Life in Christ. In other words, the law of the Spirit gives you eternal life in Jesus Christ. And so that condemnation is gone from you. You, does it stop you from sinning? No. <laughs> Amen. You, you're not going to go to heaven because you stop sinning. <laughs> Listen to me. It sure ought to slow you down, though. It ought to slow it down. And it ought to, it ought to grieve us to do that. And I think some of the proof of us, of our salvation, is that it does grieve us to do that. I, you know, I've heard people say, I'm under such conviction, you ought to praise God for that. Yeah, amen. <laughs> that tells you there's somebody in you that's bugging you because you, you're not doing what he, what he knows you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. 
Listen to that conviction. Listen to that and yield yourself to it and change what you're doing. And you know what will happen? That conviction will strangely disappear. Might not make a person that you really want to like you like you. But if God has forgiven you now. Amen. And Jesus is going to touch on that here in a minute too. He's going to say, I'm not here to be pleased men. Amen. I don't need men. I need my Father. And so do we. We don't need men. We need Him. We need Jesus. Okay? And so this is this, uh, this, I know we spent a lot of time on this verse 24. Verily I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, now look at this, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of Man. Now, he, he says this, and I got thinking about that. He said, now he is, now it, it's the beginning of the time, because he's here, and he's the Son of Man, he's the Son of God, Son of Man, both mean the same thing. The Son of God is the Son of Man because He's man and God. And so now is the beginning of the time when the dead are going to hear His voice. He, should, he proved it with that boy in the casket. He proved it with Lazarus. He ain't through proving it. Amen? But He's not only talking about the physically dead. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Spiritually dead. Just like God told Adam, you should surely die. He didn't, he didn't mean fall over and because see in, in God's eyes death is not separation of the soul and the body it's separation of you from him that is the death that is when he said that he's not willing that any should perish that's what he's talking about he's not talking about dying we all going to do that he said tells us that gets us ready for that that we're going to die is appointed unto a man who wants to die, then what? The judgment's come. Who's judging? He is. Jesus is. And so he said, it's not that you're going to die, but to perish means that you're separated from God. That's what hell is, by the way. That's what the, the, the lake of fire that burns the fire and brimstone is about. Eternal separation from God. Now, I've touched on this, and I'm going to touch on it again to help you understand. The rich man and Lazarus, when the rich man went to hell, ain't to the fire of brimstone. Ain't to, ain't to the lake of fire and brimstone. That's not where he was. Boy's quiet here now. You know how I know that? Because he was talking to Abraham. He was asking for water. Mm -hmm. He was seeing things going on. That other place is an eternal separation from any of that. In Revelation, the Bible says that hell and death gave up those people. That place the rich man was at gives up for the white throne judgment. And then they're cast into another place. Fire and brimstone. <clears throat> And it don't never say a word about it. All, it. all it says about it, that it's a place where they're screaming, weeping, and gnashing of teeth. There ain't no talking. There ain't no communicating. There ain't no watching. You ain't going to have time for that. You ain't going to feel it. You ain't going to see nothing. No it's eternal damnation. It's eternal separation where you'll see, feel, touch, nothing else. There'll be nothing. Second death. Now listen to it. That's the second death. That is the one that's going to die two times. The second death. And the second death way worse than that first one. Now think about these things. That last place, that eternal judgment, that eternal damnation, that place burning with fire and brimstone is an eternal separation from everything you know and everybody you know. And at the same time that that takes place, because Isaiah tells us that there's going to be a time when we don't remember this world anymore. And he gives that time. Y'all know when it is? When you're on the new heaven and the new earth. 
When you're there, no more remembrance. It makes you wonder, are we in, in the time of revelation at White Throne Judgment, are we going to witness that? Are we going to see that? Who knows? I don't know the answer to those things. But I do know when the, when the new heaven and the new earth appears and we're placed there, you don't remember this one anymore. It's all gone. Amen. If we could remember here, that wouldn't be heaven. No. If you could remember here and you could remember the people that's not there with you, you could remember a mom or a dad or a, or a husband or a wife or a son or a daughter that's not there, that wouldn't be much for heaven, would it? Of course. It would be a place, uh, this is Isaiah 65, if y'all want to turn there and mark this in your Bible, verse 17, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into my hand. And then you have it, a new earth appears, you ain't going to remember this one ever again. Um, that's Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17. Circle in your Bible. Because see, now listen to it, and I know we ain't going to get very far. I can't help myself sometimes. The, the heaven that is now and the earth that is now ain't going to be no more. This one's cursed. He lifts the curse from man, those that are saved, the curse of from man is lifted, but the curse of this earth is still here. That's why, although we're saved, if you're planting a garden right now, you're going to deal, deal with bugs, briars, deer. weeds, deer, <laughs> any kind of pet. You're still living. Why? Because the earth is still cursed. So he's going to destroy this cursed earth and give us a new earth. There's no curse on it. I like that. We're going to be able to plant. Woo. I told y'all, boy, I'm going to have some watermelons along this. And that ain't going to be good. We're going to get a full-scale Garden of Eden again. It is. <clears throat> but think about this. He not only says there's going to be a new earth, what else is there going to be? Ah! Oh. What is he preparing? A new heaven. That's what he's building now. The new heaven. The new heaven. And the Bible says, why? Because the old earth and the old heaven is passed away. Now, why would he need a new heaven for us? There was things that went on up there. Because there's been war in that. <coughs> yeah. Because what? There's been war in that heaven. Yeah. There's been sin in that heaven. Are y'all listening to me? Yeah. Y'all want to learn the scripture and understand the word of God? And you might not be able to explain this to anybody. You need to know this for yourself. There's been war up there. Amen. Satan was there. Yeah. Uh, him and a third of all the angels got kicked out of heaven because they rebelled against that sin. Yeah. There was sin in that heaven. Yeah. You know what it tells me? In that heaven, they had choices and freedom to choose. A lot of people think, well, we're just going to be this little angel running down there. That, yeah, we ain't going to know how to. No. Uh -uh. When God made us free to choose, that's never going to leave us. Listen to me. It's a lot harder to choose when you don't see things than it will be when you actually see those things. And so the, the, the older, or the old heaven, heaven and the new uh, earth, are going to be passed away. And the new earth is going to be built and created. And the new heaven that he's building right now is going to come down to that earth. It's going to be actual heaven on earth. Woo! I like that idea, don't y'all? We want to make heaven on this earth. It ain't going to happen. So he's going to do away with that because... When Christ went in there, you remember, he said those things that are corrupted has to be done away with. Yeah. <coughs> Heaven was also corrupted by the rebellion, yeah. by the war that happened in heaven. And so he's creating a new one where there's never been any corruption. Never, it's all brand new. And we're going to get the 
go in and out of that one. We're going to get to meander around at the world and the earth. Big city, <laughs> 1,400 foot high and wide. You, you're going to see all them people. You're going to know all them people. You're going to get, man, it's going to be, it's going to be something. If you can just imagine your most favorite memory of this place and your most favorite time, your most favorite, everybody's got a favorite place and I'd go. But you know what? We only know the favorite place we, we've been. There's lots of places we haven't been. That might be our new place. When we get there, there ain't no place you ain't going to be able to go. There ain't nothing you ain't going to be able to see. Because <laughs> we're going to be like Jesus. Wow. And the Bible tells me enough about the resurrected Jesus. If we get to do what he did here when we're over there, man, we're going to zap all over the place. <laughs> Amen. Think about that. But it all comes back to this. Have you heard and do you believe? Have you heard and do you believe? It all, it all, the, that's the simplicity of the salvation of God. Have you heard? Do you believe what you heard? And now you have the Holy Ghost to help you live like you believe. Amen? Well, Amen. we're going to get into this in St. John. There's so much the Holy Ghost does for us that we ain't even fathom. What he did for us. Yeah. And why we got to have him to accomplish these things. Boy, I didn't get very far tonight, though. I'm going to go on to about two or three more minutes. Verily I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the dead in Christ, the, 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 the dead of, uh, the, in sin. For the Father has life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him, now listen, Authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. So he's going to judge man because he's the son of man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in, in thee which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. <laughs> Amen. All that are in the graves shall hear his voice and look at the, and shall come forth. Now there's a lot of discussion, but, but you know what? Theologians can argue over anything. Mm -hmm. And you know, they, they'll say, well, I'm right, I'm right. Well, I've researched it. I've looked back in history. I've done this. I've done all. You know who's right? God, Jesus. Jesus is. Jesus. And there's some things he only knows. We don't know the hows, the, the, the details, the specifics about a lot of things, but he does. And we just need to take him at his word that the dead in Christ are going to hear his voice and they are going to rise. But listen, the ones that hear his voice in the grave are not just the saved. See, he's commander in chief of all things. Never knee about. He, he, he's over the saved and the lost. Uh -huh. Now, a lot of people got that issue with authority. It don't make no difference what kind of issue they got with his authority. He's still over them. And it depends on do you hear, do you believe, or you feel the Holy Ghost. What, what, what effect this is going to have on you, even after you're dead. Amen. Remember we talked the other day about the seed. The seed that's in us. We're going to be sown in corruption. We're going to be sown in the grave. We're going to be sown. Our body's going to start to decay. But we're going to, when we're raised, we're going to be raised not corrupted. We're going to be raised incorrupted because we have a seed. The seed of Christ is in us. The seed of the Word that we've heard and believed is here. We're going to stay there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so that he says there's going to be a resurrection. He said they that have done good don't tell me we ain't got to be good. They're going to be raised in the resurrection unto life. And they which have done evil, look at what it says, are going to be resurrected for what purpose? Damnation. Damnation. Ooh. 
I don't want to be in that group, do you? Well, the Bible tells me if I don't want to be in that group, there's some things I got to take care of. There's somebody I got to be. I got to be his child. I got to be a son of God. And the Bible tells me the only way that happens is if I am led by the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Amen. That's what we got to be. That's what we got to remember. I can, of my own self, do nothing. He says that again. I, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I, I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Everything Jesus did here, he was sent to do. Everything that he, we, we talked about meeting the woman at the well, he came for that purpose. We talked about the man, but remember how we ended that last week, the man of Bethesda? Why in the world, all them people, did he go to that guy? Because he was a rat. And it started the process that you see here. That they decided they wanted to kill him now. Because, why? Because that's what he came for. So everything he did had a purpose. Everybody he met, had a, had, there was a reason for it. When he went to the Gadara, <laughs> He, he, he thought of us getting that boat and go across there. They went to the Gadara and one day encountered that crazy, crazy man. Actually, the scripture said that two of them, one of them was nuts. He went there to meet that guy. But as much for us and for those disciples as for that man. Because them, that legion of demons bowed down to him, ran to him and bowed down to him, and they knew who he was. Begged him. Begged him. He had authority. He wanted his disciples to see that. Because ain't nobody else seen it. But then we get to read about it. They got, they said, oh my goodness. He Did tried to convince humans, but the devil's knew by sight. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we serve an amazing God. We're going to stop right there. And we're going to say, man, we didn't get very far. On the 15th. Y'all, I don't want to be in a hurry to get through this. I want us to see it. I want us to eat it. I want us to, to chew it. I want us to digest it. And I want us to grow in it and carry it with us when we go. I want you to leave here tonight and think about these things. Wow. Because see, if you don't, if you if you just run through it, you just you don't hear it. You don't you don't see it. And there's so much to be seen. And when you start Continue to study this. Continue to study this. That Jesus came, was sent for a specific purpose. And everything he says, he says because it's something that we got to know. And the thing that he says gets, we, we learn more and more about the meaning of what he says. As Paul and Peter and John and James all write these letters. Because they, they, they fill the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is helping them write those letters to people like me and you that didn't walk with Jesus, didn't, didn't touch Jesus, didn't meet him like some of them did. So they're expounding on what they have learned from him, what he has shown them, and what he has showed, told them in these verses right here and in all the rest of the Gospels. Any comments? I got a question, and it's probably a dumb question. I probably not, shouldn't ask it in front of everybody, but I am. You said when we get to heaven, we won't remember anything back here. No, I said when we get to the new heaven and new earth, well, we wouldn't remember. But my question is, if our parents have already gone on, their spirit's gone, so do they still remember us until... You will be known as you are known. That's what the scripture says. You're going to know. Just like... Peter, James, and John recognized Moses and Elijah who they had never seen. They knew exactly who they were looking at because the Lord let them see. <laughs> they never laid eyes on them when they been, and they all wrote when they wrote about it. That's who it was. But in the heaven up there right now, say, our folks, we think's in heaven. Yes. Now they know what's, what's going on <laughs> down here. It's, 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 uh, I, mean, I don't think so because Abraham, when he talked to the rich man in hell, and he was wanting Lazarus to, and he, he said it was a grave, 
great gulf fix. There's never any indication that Lazarus could see that. Because see, you got to remember, there's a place in the Scripture called purgatory. There's a place in the Scripture called paradise. Mm -hmm. I believe in my, now this is Gary. This is just the best I can chew these things up and spit them out my mouth. That the, the place where they're at right now is this paradise. And they're, they're in a place of waiting until the Lord prepares the new heaven and the new earth where we'll all go. I don't believe that the white throne judgment is going to be on the new heaven and new earth. I don't believe that. I believe the white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ is going to be in the existing heaven. Mm -hmm. Now the, the judgment seat of Christ could possibly be uh, in the new earth, on the, in the new heaven. It could possibly be. But I don't believe the altar, the white throne judgment, is going to be in the new heaven and new earth because there's not anybody, any of that going to ever enter into that. Okay, that's just my opinion. It's, it's so got I, to do with our time. See, we our time and God's time is not the same thing. So uh -uh. We can't. Eternal is right now to God. It, the end and the beginning. So it's hard for our brains to work like that. Mm -hmm. God already has. Yeah, he, he already has the new world, the whole thing's all there at one time in his time. Right. So if we die here, we might, in our time, we not might not be in heaven is what I think. But when we died, we crossed over into his time. So mm -hmm. it's instantly. Well, we go from... They're not up there waiting on us and no. I'm sad because we ain't showed up yet. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not like that. It's his time. We right. We switch those. That's why we got to have another body. We can't live in that in that way. <laughs> I'm studying Revelation now, trying to get a grasp on some of this stuff. And but there is a purgatory, and Catholic people believe that if you go to purgatory, which is not hell, not damnation, and they, if you give the priest enough money, he can get you out of there. He pray you out of purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> so if you got a bunch of money, give it to the priest, and the more you give him, the harder he's going to try to get you out of there. Now, that ain't the way I look at that and see that. I believe that rich man was in that place that, that is called purgatory and a holding place until that white throne judgment, because after the white throne judgment is when they get cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. And they get cast there. Angels literally throw them in there. And I can't tell you where them places are. I can't tell you where hell's going to be, where the fire and brimstone. A lot of people think it's going to be this earth. This burnt earth is going to be it. But I don't know those things. I don't know that. Uh, I just know when we get that new heaven and that new earth, all that's fate is gone. We're not going to know anything anymore. It's purgatory and Sheol or whatever that Sheol. Sheol is the same thing. Sheol was the. Was the uh, Garbage dump. That was the word they used for the dump outside of Jerusalem where they carried everything and burned it. And uh, even the people like uh, Lazarus, beggars, they wouldn't, they didn't bury them in, like they did unless uh, somebody just come and got them and did it. They would actually throw them in that dump and burn them with the trash animals, things like that. That's where they would throw those things. Now this is all historical stuff. You're not going to find this in the scripture. But Sheol was, uh, was that. And that's what they, they thought that hell was going to be like, a place where the, the discarded was going to be cast into and burnt. That's where they got that. So that's what Sheol is. Wherever Lazarus was, it was hot. Or he wouldn't, him would be, or the rich man, because he wouldn't have wanted uh, Lazarus to come down and touch his right. with his finger and touch his tongue. But the fact that he could talk mm -hmm. was the part that, that led me to think that. that he, and he could see what was going on. He could see Lazarus. He could see Abraham. Yeah, but if you're in hell or you're in heaven, you're not going to be able to see that. It, it, fire, pit of fire and brimstone is an eternal separation of all that. You ain't gonna see nothing. You're just gonna be burning and in torment. You're gonna be weeping and breaking your teeth. You're gonna be as corrupted as you ever were. 
more. Okay. Okay. Let's stop. This is good stuff. And, you know, I know we've introduced a little bit of stuff here that, that, that wasn't in our studies and that, but it's just so much to grasp. And, you know, we can't really say for certain the way it's going to be then, but the scripture gives us a lot of detail, too, if we study it enough. If it says things that we don't see unless we really take time to focus and study and let the Spirit show us what's, what he says. Amen. Okay. I love y'all. Thank you for letting me do this. Love you too. And, uh, hope we learn a bunch more before this is over with. And you know what? If the Lord just come on and get us, we're going to know these things anyway. We ain't going to have to try to twist our brain and get all this down. Is this clear as mud to some of you? That's about how clear it is to me sometimes. What was that? What was the word that you described? Is that the waste dump out of, Shoal. Shoal. Out of Shoal. Jerusalem? S H E O U L. Shoal. S H O U L. S H E O U L. It's in the scripture. It's in the Psalms. Yeah, outside of Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah but it's pronounced Shoal. Mm hmm. Shoal. Matter of fact, I think David mentioned you, you have delivered my soul from Shoal. And that was the way they looked at what hell or purgatory was going to be like. I just I don't recall that yeah. from the Bible. I, that, that was a new one there. Yeah. Okay. We just think. Let's just keep studying. Old and new. Bless Brother Gary as he goes through his daily trials, the things that he has that's going on. Dear Lord, we just ask you to relieve him of the pain that's taking place. Lord, we just ask you to be with the ones that's on the prayer list, that you know they're each and every one of them. Give each and one and every one here tonight, Lord, a special blessing for coming out and studying your word. Lord, we just ask you to, for the understanding and the wisdom that it takes to study your word. Lord, help us to have the time and to make the time to study your word for our son and listen to it. Dear Lord, we just ask all these things in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.